Hi guys, it's another Thursday. So you know what that means. It's Pop Culture Mondays on Thursdays. And I'm your host, Brooke Hammerlin. Pop Culture Oh my God. I honestly, we're going to have a guest again. I promise. I know that I made all these promises, but then, you know, war and the fall of democracy and I don't know, anti-Semitism and all of the people in my life seemingly losing their minds. So a guest is just a lot to ask right now. I need, I need a minute. And also I don't know where the time is going. I swear God, I was just sitting here doing this podcast five seconds ago. And so when David was like, do you want to record today? I'm like, what are you talking about? It's the following week. How did that, I mean, what is time? We are all in this sort of like death spiral loop. At least I am. I mean, I'm speaking for you, but I think most of you listen are in the same capacity. Either you have to fully escape what is happening and just like go into a complete and utter like void of news and social media, or you just live in it and, and live in it. And that's where I am. I'm living in it. I need, even when I, the only way I can take a break from it is when I go on my treadmill and the only time I'm on my treadmill, like when I'm on my treadmill, I don't use my phone because I'm using my arms, guys. I'm like really at the treadmill. And then I literally watch television in a way that I can't when I'm sitting on my couch or in my bed because I have ADD and I will be watching a show and I will be looking at my phone and not just will I be looking at my phone. And I know all of you are doing this, but I'll be texting. Then I'll go to like social media. Then I'll go to Instagram. Maybe I'll go to TikTok. Then I'll go back to watching the show. Then I'll respond to Brit's text. Then I'll do a voice memo to Brit. Then I'm back on Instagram. Then I'm looking at a Insta thing that Danny Passman or George Hahn sent me on Instagram responding to them. Then I'm going back to Stephanie Rule. Then I'm watching TV again. I'm not watching anything. Nothing is absorbing in my brain. But when I'm on my treadmill, I can watch shows even with subtitles. Like I am obsessed with Lupin and I watched the first season and then I didn't get into the other season because I could, I don't retain French, 13 million years of French. I know when he says like, je vais, I'm like, oh my God, I know what that means, but I can't follow it. So I have to read the subtitles. It's so good. And it keeps me on the treadmill for like 45 minutes and I'm just reading and I'm following the show and it's my escape. That's my escape. So is Chinese food right now. I don't know what it is, but it's like I'm craving Chinese food. Like give me some spare ribs, an egg roll. I really like New York style Chinese. So I constantly, if you guys in New York or in LA have any New York style Chinese besides Genghis Cohen, because obviously that's where I get it from, the Chinese Jewish Chinese restaurant. But that's what I need. I'm escaping into that. But we are going to have a guest. And um, I, I promise you, it won't just be little old me talking about the end of days and pop culture combo. But I'm, I'm getting close to really just writing a lot of people off. And I said to somebody earlier today, I said, my world has gotten so much smaller. I've lost a lot of friends. I mean, some people have made a point to say something to me and that they feel my my standing up for Israel and asking for hostages to come home and my decrying anti-Semitism and, and whatnot 
is somehow pro-Palestinian genocide. Let's just be clear. No, nothing is further from the truth. And it's like, I can't even begin to, to have that argument. I'm not even going to try to defend that because it's just so preposterous. And we've talked about this endlessly. However, somebody said when I said my world is getting so small, I'm, you know, I've lost people. Some have said something to me. Some have just clearly muted me or whatnot on socials and they don't interact like they did. And then this guy said, but your world has actually gotten bigger because you've, you've gotten this other community of people like this person and others who are really connected. And we're seeing that for the first time and connecting uh, with new people on these, on these matters. And so I like that perspective. He was a glass is half full kind of guy when I was being a glass is like three quarters of the way empty kind of lady. So I appreciate that person very much for giving me a new perspective. I've also, this is another thing I'm talking about content. I've been really, I never watched the show before. I don't even know where the show is on. Madam Secretary. I, I never, I don't know if I was even aware of its, its existence. And I found out about it back, I don't know how many months ago, but I met one of the stars, the guy from Wings, who's so hot, Tim Daly who is married to the star of the show. They fell in love on the show. Tia Leone, who we know she was like, she used to be married to David Duchovny. I mean, the cast is amazing. I don't know where this show, I guess it was, it ran from 2014 to 2019. Like, where was I? I guess I was in New York. I certainly wasn't watching network television. So I guess if it wasn't, it wasn't a Netflix show or HBO show, I wasn't watching it or you weren't law and order, but I got turned on. I met I'm, well, I got turned on by Tim Daly. I did. But I got turned on to Madam Secretary via Tim Daly, who I met because of Kara Swisher. None of that makes sense. None of that. The fact that Kara Swisher introduced me to one of my childhood idols, Tim Daly. I mean, wings, everyone, come on. And he's been on, like, you know, the offshoots of Grey's Anatomy. Like, he's everywhere. Um, his sister is Tyne Daly. So how about that for a little trivia? But this show is one of these shows that, like, lulls me into a deep sleep. Now, some people read books before they go to bed. I applaud you. Like, I applaud you. Some people listen to podcasts. Others might do like a sleep story or something, whether it's from the Aura app or Calm or something. Some people just like totally raw dog it. <laughs> And go to sleep. Just turn off the lights and are out. None of those things happen for me. I have to watch TV shows and it doesn't matter if they're violent or if they're dramatic. Like I need this lull of like comfort. So think Grey's Anatomy, think Law and Order SVU. And now it's Madam Secretary. And, but I got to say the problem with the show is that I've become consumed by it. Like it doesn't lull me to sleep. Like I want to know what's going on, but it is so, this was done, this is so many years ago and you'd think that it was made today. They are dealing with like, I'm right in this sort of Israel Palestinian conflict. They're right in it. It's like, uh, I was so, I like shot up in bed and I was like, am I watching did they make a special episode? And it turns out it's sort of like they're like the Simpsons. They are foreshadowing a bunch of things. Obviously, these are ongoing conflicts that have had tension, but very specific. There's a bunch of things in here in this show that you're like, that's so wild. It's so in sync with what's happening in 2023. And they were foreshadowing. So I really love this show. I am addicted. The premise is that Tia Leone is the secretary of state. 
and she's incredible. And her husband is, it's a little bit of a, of a stretch. He's like this religious studies expert, but he somehow works side by side her always in the white house. He's always brought in on these missions and then their kids are intertwined and the kids dynamic is funny. But then the daughter is now the assistant to the president's chief of staff. She's an intern, but she's like sitting in the room with the president. Like it's not that realistic, but that's fantastic. I love it. So I've been watching that and that's been a bit of an escape, but my prediction is, and because I'm a political science, geopolitical expert, just like the all in boys, I'm a geopolitical expert though. I'm starting to agree more and more with the conservatives, which is so frightening. But like, as I've said, I'm so angry at the far left for having me ever be in the same like breath of oxygen as Ben Shapiro's of the world, but a broken clock is right twice a day. So whatever the fact is, anti-Semitism is on the rise. If you don't stand up to it, then you're part of the problem. If you don't have any issues with it, then you're part of the problem. And if you don't see that being absolutely shocked and horrified by what happened October 7th and demanding that these hostages are released, then you're part of the problem. Like two things can be true. I've said this multiple times. That does not mean you're pro the occupation of Gaza by Hamas. By the way, by the way, but everything's a conspiracy theory now. There are really smart people that I know that actually believe that there's lots of propaganda coming out of Israel and that maybe the hostage thing isn't true. Wild. Ripping down posters. Wild. Like, where did we go wrong? Where did this all happen? So if I'm become just an audience of one, so be it. It's fine. I'm standing my ground. I don't care. As somebody said to me, it's very unfashionable to be on the side of the Jews right now. Can you imagine? I mean, they were saying it to agree with me, but that's the sort of premise. I'm on the, I'm on the unfashionable side. So call me unfashionable. I, I, I strive for that then. But my prediction is that things will start to, I don't know, what do I know? I just hope that this comes to an end soon. The bombing stop. Uh, it seems like everything is centralized in that hospital in Gaza. I hope they get the hostages. I hope they're alive and I hope we can come to some, I don't know. I just hope we get to a place that this stops because the death needs to stop across the board. I totally agree. And we're just being consumed by this horrible, horrible news. But at the same time, this is also why the pop culture side of things is so important and it's fun and it's, you know, there's lots of fun things to look into. And the newsletter this week focused on two big stories. One was the Beatles having a hit single in 2023, confusing a lot of people. And it's funny when you look at the comments on YouTube or TikTok, they're like, wait, isn't that guy dead? And like two of them are not here anymore. John Lennon for a long time, George Harrison more recently, but it is a song that ironically exists because of Yoko Ono. She brought the band back together again after destroying them. She's the one who brought them back. Um, so Yoko Ono found these tapes. I guess it was written post the Beatles split. John Lennon wrote the, the and laid down some songs. And then through the magical use of AI, they were able to bring his vocals out. And then also through AI, bring a music video together that was directed by Peter Jackson. So, you know, famous uh, film director, Peter Jackson. He is the one that put together Now and Then video and it's a hit in the UK. I'm just going to be honest and I, I feel okay am I saying this? I am not an original because I heard Howard Stern say it. 
It's not a great song. I'm really sorry. It sucks. I don't like it. It seems weird. It seems sad. I love technology. I love the idea of bringing legends' voices back if if the estate wants it. And maybe like imagine bringing Whitney Houston's voice back with the use of of other um, audio that she's had out there, and that song becomes a hit and it goes to like uh, her foundation or charity or something like that. I love that. I just don't like the song. I just, it, I find it depressing. The video is weird to me. You see John and, and George sort of frozen in their time, but then like, I don't know, Ringo's wearing like a track suit. Paul is all different ages throughout. I didn't love it. I love the idea of it. I think, I think I do. Like, I love the idea of the, bringing the band back together again and what is time. Though I will say, I was going to have him on, but one of my, my a, a very, an ex-boyfriend of mine who I was in a, for me, a long relationship with over the span of years, recently did an interview with Rolling Stone in the first one in a gazillion years where he referred to the period of time that these two albums are recorded, that his band recorded these two albums as the worst time of his life, the darkest years, which just happened to coincide with the years we dated. I just, I, for the record, I would like everyone to know if you know who I'm talking about and you've read the Rolling Stone article and that band with three letters said it was that this guy in particular said it was the darkest time of his life. The worst of the band's time was literally like year to year of when I was with him. So it's all the information anyone needs. I'm just going to say, maybe don't bring the band back that way. I don't ever, I don't ever want to go back. I'm not going to be listening to shiny, happy people anytime soon. I'm not going to lie, but I digress. I didn't love the Beatles song. I loved the premise. I loved the concept. I think again, I think I do, but I didn't like the execution. The video was cool, but I didn't like the song. The song just didn't do it for me. Like I, it's not a, it's not a song and it just seems sad. It just, I don't need sad right now. I need like a fucking good bop, man. I need something that I'm dancing around. I was like dancing. I wrote in my newsletter the other day, dance like no one's watching. And I sure did. The minute I published the newsletter, I started, I was like getting ready to go to a meeting and I was getting in between clothes. I was sort of like half dressed and Pink's trust fall came on and girl, if somebody's going to get you dancing, like nobody's watching, it's pink and trust fall. And I just was losing my mind. I recorded it. If anybody wants to watch potatoes going nuts in the background, that's what we need. I need a really good poppy bop banger of a song to get me out of this sort of hamster wheel of depression. And I think we're all in right now. I do. Another thing though that I wrote about is, and you guys may have seen it on the socials now, if you hadn't already, there is a viral Christmas tree. The, the Gen Z kids, they start Christmas. We, I used to make fun of people who started Christmas after Thanksgiving. Cause that's like the day after Thanksgiving, people seem to sort of turn over and start doing the Christmas decorations. I came from a family, again, I've talked about I was raised Christian. I was, I'm super Christmas Easter girl. Um, I only found out I was Jewish later. I'm now embracing everything. I'm all cultures, all religions, any holiday that has great food and presents, I subscribe to any of them, any of them. 
I am a subscriber to. But Christmas is fun. Christmas and Hanukkah, the decorations, it's fun. The, the idea of gifts are fun. But the Gen Z kids, they took it another level. They start decorating the day after Halloween. Halloween. So November 1st, boom, Christmas tree goes up. Another thing they do... I don't know if it's just from an efficiency standpoint or if it's because they're all about the climate and it's like better for them. They use fake trees. Now, I cannot subscribe to this. The idea of a Christmas tree, I love the smell. It's the Christmas, the, the you know, cleaning the bristles, making sure that it stays alive, watering that sucker like you have never taken care of anything living in your life. I Google all the tips and tricks to keep my tree alive. You give it a little Sprite, by the way, like make it a little happy, give it a little caffeine. I get that thing fire resistant. Like my tree is a, an, it's an eight foot noble wonder. I love it. And when I was in my twenties, I still got a tree. I got a little Charlie Brown tree with its little wood stand and I put it in the windowsill. But these kids are all about like going full out Christmas decorations and getting a fake tree. And now there is a viral tree. It was bound to happen. Of all places, it's from Home Depot. And it's not like a $30 tree. This is, in, I've seen it, I think they're different sizes, but the one that everybody seems to be gravitating to is like $600. And it's a tree that you plop together and it's pre-lit. And then one of the things that has, a lot of trees come this way, I guess, but it distinguishes it from the others is that they have a twinkle feature, which I love. I do a twinkle in my tree. I do pink lights, soft pink lights. It gives it, and then some of them twinkle and some of them don't. It's very subtle. It's a really soothing experience, but this is a twinkler and you, you have a remote control with it and you can switch the colors to being colored to being like, you know, the reds and oranges, yellow, greens to being white, to twinkle, to whatever. So this went viral. Everybody's showing off their tree and the reviews are like, oh my God, it was worth the hype. You got to see it and it lights up. Then you start to like unpack it a little, like another day or two goes by. And those reviewers were like, oh my God, don't move forward on this. What I didn't know is I didn't review it at night. It's like brighter than the Empire State Building. This sucker is, it's not soft light. It is bright white, the hardest white light you've ever seen. It turns a room into full like fluorescent lit room. Nothing you can do. And it's just, it is bright. You can't have it on if it's like in the TV room because it just takes the glare away. You can't watch TV. I mean, there's some problems with it. And then others had problems where like they had to buy it three or four times before they got one that worked. Like the stand was broken or part of the tree was missing. So I don't know. It's just, it seems like a lot. And I love the process of un of untangling my lights and putting them on. I get a little step ladder. I have friends that come over and we'll drink and laugh and listen to music and eat pizza and decorate the tree. Like it's fun. But the kids these days, they have really gone crazy. And there are so many TikToks. There are so many TikToks about this viral Home Depot Christmas tree. So you've been warned. There are other options out there if you need a fake tree. And I understand if you need it for a variety of reasons. I'm just, I just don't see the point because for me, it's the smell. I love it so much. But there are other options out there. Always go for soft lights, guys. Always, always, always do what you can. Make your friends and neighbors happy. We have a neighbor that lights up their house like a disco ball. And fortunately, I only see it when I'm driving. I don't see it in my in like my purview at night, but they insist on using hard white 
bright lights as opposed to soft lights. And all of the other houses that use white lights, like me, they're soft. And then you just see the glaring difference. It's a big deal. Like it's a really, really, really big deal. Okay. So if you remember the song by Weedis from the 90s called Teenage Dirtbag, I'm just a teenage dirtbag, baby. I've got two tickets to Iron Maiden. You know, do you want to come with me? I'm just a teenage dirtbag. The whole thing. That song is, it It had a trend a year ago where it became the backdrop of a trend where you would then like show pictures of you as a teenage dirtbag, like generally people from the 80s and 90s. It was for the older kids, but we would do that. It is back now because the video, a lot of Mina Servari, I think that's her name, so it stars some of the actors from American Pie. Mina Savari was also in American Beauty around that same time. She was like the sex pot. And in the video, she's in the video wearing this like red dress, holding up the tickets to Iron Maiden. She's got a gap in her teeth. And she's like, I've got two tickets to Iron Maiden. Come with me, baby, blah, blah, blah. And people are just realizing that it's actually the male lead singer singing that. And it sounds just like her. We're going to, we're going to risk getting sued. Check it out. So that's not a girl. That is the dude singing. It's so good. And so then everybody's sort of taking it and we're like, that's the girl. But then a lot of women dressed up like her for Halloween, which I just thought like literally the best costume. They put a little like Sharpie in the middle of their teeth and they were wearing a light, a, like a hot, tight red dress and holding two tickets like for Iron Maiden. Then there's this now TikTok out where the lead singer is talking about who the guy was that it's based on. And it's a guy that grew up on his street that he grew up with, who he went to high school with. I think his name is Ricky or something. I it, We'll put it in the notes. I can't remember. And he was like a dirtbag, like a full on, he'd go to ACDC concerts or Iron Maiden and that's what like dirtbags and he just was like a troublemaker and he ended up murdering his friend and it was during the satanic panic of the 80s, which was huge. Like I remember, like if you had a black cat, we had a black cat named Weary One and he disappeared and Weary One did come home eventually. They always disappeared. I mean, my do- my cats, like my mom would just try to replace them and make me think that something was fine with like a black and white cat now as a black cat, but whatever. We had a black cat named Weary One. He disappeared. While he did come home, ultimately, there was a period of time where it was just a known fact that Weary One was sacrificed by the satanic cults that must be in the neighborhood because everybody had satanic cults. Satan was everywhere. My parents didn't care about me. They weren't worried about me doing drugs or having sex. They were worried I was going to fall in love with Satan. So it was the satanic panic of the 80s. And, um, that is where teenage dirtbag is. That's the inspo. This guy ended up getting arrested for the murder of his friend. And then he himself ended up killing himself. So it's a sad story. Many of these songs that are bops, real, real fun, freaking bops, uh, end up being from like sad 
sad stories. But um, I'm very much in love with the trend. And I suggest listening to all 90s music. Sirius has a 90s pop play, like radio station entirely just around eight. Well, they do have an 80s. They have all decades. But my genre is the 90s. I can tell you everywhere I was when a song the first time I heard it or when it was like, there's so many, there's just, there, I, my friend Brian said, there's no better era for like one hit wonders than the nineties. It's just, it's amazing. I'm so proud to have been my childhood had, you know, my formative years were in the nineties. Another thing that Gen Z is doing, you may have seen throughout, maybe it's, it's a riff on it, but this term Delulu is not the Salulu. Or like, and now now it's being taken as that Delulu is the Salulu. And then you might see things my Delulu is. So <laughs> let me break it down for you. Delulu is like your delusion and Salulu is the solution. So this is meant to be sort of this like positive story, you know, taking this whole eat, pray, love kind of, you know, spiritual awakening. You're very connected to yourself. Delusion is not the solution. You know, the denial is not a river in Egypt, that kind of thing. Delusion is not the solution. You can hear like your yoga instructor telling you this. You can hear a cult leader saying this. And then somehow somebody turned it into Tolulu is not the Salulu. And the premise being sort of like, he's not that into you is sort of where it started. Like Delulu is not the Salulu, like you telling yourself that it's, he's just not calling you back because he's busy or he has a job that he needs to focus on is just not helping you. But then some have turned it into saying Delulu is the Salulu. Like, yeah, it's all good. Life is grand. Like, oh, he's not calling you back at all because he's just with his mom or he's babysitting kittens. Others say Delulu is not the Salulu. So don't like putting all of your eggs like I'm going to be a billionaire or I'm going to be a professional athlete. I'm going to be famous when I grow up. Like that doesn't help you be a better person. So that'll just set you up for life being a disappointment. But there's this, I can't figure out if this is the guy who created this term. He's selling t-shirts now. He's very, very positive. So here's this guy. Just check him out. Delulu. Is not the Solulu T-shirt is finally here. Yes, and this T-shirt is multi-purpose. Let me explain. If you get this T-shirt every day, it will remind you to stop being the Lulu because that is not the solution. And if you are reminded of that, you know when you are not being the Lulu, you will have a nice, prosperous, successful life because of this T-shirt. So get it for that. Oh. If you have a friend that is being Delulu, not if, you do. You know who I am talking about. You have a friend that is being Delulu. Get them this t-shirt. Since you cannot keep telling them to stop being Delulu, if you get this t-shirt, after they see it for the maybe 700 times, they will stop being Delulu. Maybe it takes 700 times to convince your friend to stop being Delulu. This t-shirt can be there 700 times. You cannot be there. So make your life easy for you and your friend and get them this t-shirt and damn multi-purpose function. This t-shirt can save the world and your children. Get it now. So yeah, Delulu is not the Salulu and he's selling t-shirts and are you Delulu shirt is also next to Delulu is not the Salulu shirt. Are you Del like, guys? I mean, where, as I said, in my 
the newsletter. Where is my fucking Pulitzer? Like, I can't believe this is what I'm spending time on. Delulu is not the Salulu. So that's where we're at. Another thing that's going on, I don't even know what's happened this week because I, again, I didn't even know that we're in this week already. So I'm just looking back at what's gone on. But last week, another thing that's gone viral is there's, there's a bunch of different creators going around Mormon college campuses interviewing students. Some of them are dark. Some of them are, well, they all are dark, but each person has their own agenda. One might be Mormon, one might not be Mormon, but whatever. For this, for this purpose, there's somebody that's going around asking Mormon students, would you rather kill a puppy or watch porn? Like, which would you do? And it's astounding how many people would say, kill a puppy kill a puppy. There's the few normals that are like, obviously I'd watch porn, like bring, bring me the porn. But these Mormon kids for the most part are saying like they'd kill their grandmother. They'd rather die a miserably painful death and drink a beer. Like it's crazy. And then they're really funny sort of takes on it. Like this one, who's a very famous creator, Haley Bailey. She, I quite liked her take on it. So check this out. Would you rather smoke weed or light an orphanage on fire? Oh man. Orphanage. Would you rather stomp a kitten to death or have premarital sex? Kitten. That's Would easy. Would you rather murder a bus full of children via strangulation or try a sip of a margarita? How many kids are on the bus? Four. The bus. Would you rather push a toddler off a cliff and laugh as he falls all the way down or uh, hit my vape? I'm going to have to kick the toddler. Would you rather cut off your leg with a rusty fork or be alone in a room with a boy? What are you doing? No, no! It's hypothetical. So that's it. I thought we'd just do a little roundup of funny moments that are taking us away from the deep, dark despair of life. I'm like Frasier now. That's what I've become. Like, call in. Let me make you feel better. Let me tell you that the world is falling apart. We should just have it be a live pod, David, and let people call in. It'll be the same. It'll be Brit and... That, that's it. It'll be Brit. <laughs> She'll just call in and just like converse. Maybe we'll have Brit on next week. She is a black Jewish woman who has two daughters, one who's about to be bought mitzvah. She might be relevant for this conversation. She's been a frequent guest. So let me know in the comments if uh, I should bring Brit back on. She'd be delighted. I'm going to do my Mary make out and mute. Let's start with make out. I'm going to make out with Jake Tapper because I know that's strange. I've never been a real Jake Tapper girl. I mean, I think he's great, but I have a feeling that like if I sat next to him at a dinner party, he'd be like, how did I sit next to this girl? And I'd be like, this is a droll conversation. But he actually really came through. I'm going to be political for a minute. There is a lot of questionable news coverage and I have been hard pressed to find somebody other than Stephanie Rule and maybe a couple of others who are really doing a fair and balanced look, but and I mean that fair and balanced. And Jake Tapper did something really incredible the other night in sort of breaking down the idea of a ceasefire and what that means in Israel and so forth and how their response has been. So let's just play a few seconds of that. But we do know that innocent civilians in Gaza continue to be killed by Israeli strikes. Thousands of people around the world are protesting and calling for a ceasefire. Protesters are crying out about the suffering of so many innocent civilians. The Secretary General of Amnesty International told CNN that Israel has waged a, quote, campaign of violations of international law. Something must happen, she said, so that we alleviate the suffering of the people of Gaza, unquote. The Queen of Jordan, Queen Rania, who is Palestinian, 
said this in an interview with CNN's Becky Anderson. I know that some who are against the ceasefire argue that it, is, it will help Hamas. However, I feel that in that argument, they are inherently dismissing, in fact, even endorsing and justifying the death of thousands of civilians. And that is just morally reprehensible. Justifying the death of innocence of civilians. That, that's an interesting turn of phrase. Something that has concerned us greatly, something that we have wondered about ever since Hamas brutally attacked so many Israeli civilians on October 7th, is what exactly did Hamas think the Israeli military would do in response to that? Did they not anticipate Israel would retaliate in a way that would cause innocent Palestinians in Gaza to die? Especially given the fact, the fact that Hamas embeds within the Palestinian population. The Biden administration would argue that a pause allowing innocent Palestinians to flee and allowing humanitarian supplies to get into Gaza, that that's one thing but that stopping the Israeli campaign against Hamas, which is what a ceasefire would be, stopping it would be another. From the point of view of Israel, they hear all the calls for a ceasefire. What they do not hear is anyone in the international community proposing any way for them to get back their 240 hostages that Hamas kidnapped. They don't hear anyone proposing any way for Hamas to be removed from the leadership of Gaza. So here we are, and here is President Biden in a tricky situation. President Biden spoke with Israeli Prime Minister Netanyahu on pushing for a humanitarian pause, but not a ceasefire, which Secretary of State Antony Blinken says the U.S. is trying to get Israel to agree on. So make out. Maybe I'd marry him, too. But I, I think so. Mary, I think I would marry the weedest guy. I mean, I don't even know his name, but he has been literally in my brain so much. I have seen so many TikToks and now I know that's him singing. But Mina Savari lip syncing his voice it sounds like a girl i i think that would just like that i would no longer have my insomnia like he could just sing to me to sleep i wouldn't have to watch you know old tv shows to put me to sleep i could just listen to him and i'm i mean i'm muting i'm muting all of the anti-semitic people i don't i is that just a universal like i would rather have elon in my head 24 hours a day i guess that's not going to happen because I maybe put him under an anti-Semitic camp. I mean, he's not been great, but maybe, I don't know. I, I, I'm speaking out of my ass on that one. I just assume that Elon does everything incorrectly in life, but I just mute all you anti-Semitics. And if you're listening to this, then uh, you're confused. I don't think you'd listen to this. That's what I mute. So next week I will be back. I'm hoping the world is better. Thank you for listening to yet another unhinged podcast and I'll find you next Thursday. Pop culture.